if something isn't serving me or our family anymore, like there are things that are within our control to change. And they might be big changes that require totally reevaluating how we look at things or what we naturally gravitate towards. But but it's also okay to recognize that something that has been done for years or generations like might need to be done a different way to serve where we're at right now. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. All right, friends, welcome back to Gather and Growth. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Mary Pat Sass. We have a, a conversation I'm very excited about having today. So welcome, friend. So excited that you're here. Thanks for having me. In case you are just getting to know her for the very first time, um, Mary Pat, can you go ahead and give us an introduction of who you are, where you're from, what you do, what brought you here today? All of the things. Yeah. Um, I'm Mary Pat Sass, but I like to go by MP. Just shorten it, make it a little easier for you. (laughs) I live in northern Illinois on a crop farm with my husband, and we farm with his two brothers and their dad. So it's a family, big family operation. But I also grew up on a dairy farm in the state of Wisconsin. And yeah, and I, I think really where my story started on getting into social sharing was when I quit my job almost four years ago now. Oh my goodness. Time flies. Um, Yeah, it does. And I left the corporate world to be a stay-at-home mom and uh, had no plans to do anything of my own. I really just wanted to be on the farm and raise kiddos on the farm and be in the supportive role. Um, And then I just started sharing online and started a couple of small businesses on the side. And now I'm here talking to you on a podcast. So I would love since today we're going to be talking about both of our journeys with moving to the farm and kind of finding what a good, I don't know, I struggle with the word balance, but a good blend of family life and farm life, especially in in terms of agriculture looks like. Can you tell us more about how you met your husband and how you guys made the decision to move back to his family farm, especially after you grew up in agriculture? Like what did that whole timeline look like in your life? Yeah. So I was working for uh, Winfield United, which is seed and chemical provider. And I was really specializing in seed products and placement. And I was visiting farms in Northern Illinois and ended up meeting my husband on his farm. It was a very uh, kind of by chance thing. And we got to know each other and I was moving home like a month after I met him to relocate. I was working for the same company, just relocating for the next step in my career, really. And I was moving back home with my parents, but really starting to try and figure out where I was going to set my roots because I, I was like house shopping up there, found different properties, like perfect. I was, I was single when I met him, (laughs) just so we're clear (laughs) on that. Um, But anyway, I knew that if when we met and started talking, I knew that if things were going to get serious, that I would be relocating back to be with him because he was already full time farming. And 
I just had in the back of my mind, like if I'm actually serious about this guy from Illinois, like I'm going to have to be okay with living in Illinois someday. Um, <laughs> Welcome. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so I took that year. Um, I it took a very long time, like, well, not a very long time, I guess a couple months for really me to admit that I had, like I was serious about him. But I think the biggest difference moving from my roots in Wisconsin to Illinois is when I grew up, we were the only family farming. So it was my dad. He was a full-time dairy farmer. My mom was an elementary school teacher and there was three kids. And all of us really were important to making the farm run every day. We all had our jobs and we were all involved. And moving to Illinois now, we farm with, like I said before, four different families total. And my role has become more supportive and I'm not full-time on the farm. Um, So I think that transition has been something that's been kind of a challenge for me and just Mm -hmm. how I was raised and everything. Um, Yeah. But I think obviously God knows what he was doing for Mm -hmm. bringing me here and I I couldn't picture it any differently at this point, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that one place where I, I often connect with, with specifically farm wives online is kind of just that story of what it was like to come back to our husband's operations. If that happens to be the case and just kind of the challenges or things to work through that come with that. What was your experience like moving to Illinois and also now being a part of this multifamily operation? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, it's something that I'm still working through today, something we are continually working through. When we were farming just with my family, you know, my dad made the decisions. There wasn't multiple people that had to agree on things while you're making decisions. And that has to go with schedule as well. Like what we're planning to talk about is how do you balance that farm and family time with our current operation? We all have to agree on that and we all have different opinions on what it should look like. So every time, I mean, every time the guys, so the three boys and their dad have that discussion, they have to be open about their feelings and get to a point where we, we can all agree. I'd say that's the biggest difference. And just I don't know how to explain it, but I'm always wanting to be more involved and it's different being with four different families. You know, I, it's hard to find that dynamic of like, okay, so-and-so's wife is involved, but the other wife isn't like, how is everybody going to interact with those differences? So I think I've, I mean, like I said, we're still working through it, but it's just, it has a lot to do with communicating with each other and helping each other understand what you would like to do on the farm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that communication piece is huge. I know for me, like when we moved back here now, granted it's Andrew and his dad who are are farming together, but even still I, to some extent knew what to expect. Like it was in our wedding vows, like the way I would support and love him through harvest. (laughs) I wish I had like the exact verbiage, but like, I knew that that was coming And obviously there were unique challenges that came with just reestablishing my life in a small town where the only people I knew were my in-laws and, you know, just kind of navigating what that looked like. But then for me, especially when Andrew came back and was trying to find his role on the farm, now granted he had been in the military for five years and then gone to college and then came back. So he came back about 10 years later as the only child but still within himself was trying to process and figure out what it 
what it meant to work with his dad or what his role was and what that looked like. And of course, that came with some element of trying to prove himself and do all the things and fix this ground and work on this and that and the other. And so it was really jarring for me personally when in the middle of the summer, he was gone at all hours of the day and I didn't have anyone else around. Um, You know, I'd started making some connections, but I remember us having a moment where I'm like, I, I did not necessarily see this coming. Mm -hmm. You just didn't know. Did you grow up on a farm? I did not. I grew up in what I thought was a small town. I mean, we were surrounded by agriculture, but I, I personally, I don't even know I had been to a farm other than like a agritourism type situation. So my first tractor ride, combine ride, all of that, that was all right here. Okay. So were you surprised because you just didn't know that there was like what the expectations would be like kind of between seasons? Yeah, I think that I knew, you know, I fully understood that when it's go time, it's go time. Mm -hmm. When there are, you know, fields ready, we got to get in, we got to get out. But especially that first summer, you know, Andrew was gone sun up to sundown and then some. And I was sitting here thinking with a, you know, with a newborn basically like i i did not sign up to have a husband that's literally absolutely never home and so that really unfolded i would say a solid year if not more's worth of conversations of us trying to figure out what that would look like mm-hmm. you know cuz like i said i i felt like i understood what it would what it be like sometimes and i know that there are some days where they're in the middle of a project and things are happening i also, you know, have been in careers where when there's something that needs to be done, it needs to get done. But I very much wanted our family life to also be a priority. And he said he did too. He was like, you know, family is everything. You're everything. Like I love the farm, but you're my priority. But like the things that he was doing wasn't necessarily aligning with that. And I see that as something that a lot of farm families are currently navigating. Yeah. And it definitely was not an easy process, but it really came back to him doing the internal work of like, why do I feel like I always need to be doing something? Like, what is the end goal? What what does need to get done? What doesn't need to get done in a given day? And what kind of like how what hours do I want to be home? And what does my involvement look like? You know, because he remembers being a kid and his dad absolutely incredible person, but was working 100% of the time. He's like, I literally, I don't know that I have many memories of my dad when I wasn't out in the shop with him working. And while there's so much, you know, goodness and values and lessons from that, he's like, I kind of feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities because work was, was everything. Yeah. I did the math. And this year I've made more in my business than I did my old nine to five paycheck. And while that number isn't bajillions, it has me deep in the feels. I am not a business guru or a marketing expert. I can't teach you how to be a girl boss, and I still don't fully understand the legal or financial jargon that comes with entrepreneurship. But I'm freaking audacious, and I built this. One year ago, I was greeted with blank stares when I told people I was leaving a job that I loved for the total unknown. But I knew... There was a calling on my heart that I had to step into, and I had the insane courage to try. I'm a regular old girl from Illinois who just believed that my dreams were possible, and yours are too. My Ascend Retreat is for you, a rural gal who knows that she's called to something. If you are craving community, growth, clarity, confidence, and a game plan to fully step into all that's possible, 
this weekend was built for you. I invite you to join me in sunny Destin, Florida this November 10th through 13th for a fully immersive mastermind retreat weekend. Not only will you learn from and have full access to some of the best coaches and inspiring women in our industry, but you'll truly walk through the journey with fellow like-minded rural doers and dreamers who are creating big impact for their families, careers, and community. Our weekend will bring clarity to your vision and you'll leave feeling more connected than ever to your purpose with a solid action plan to bring your dreams to life. Though we're all on our individual journeys, we are so much stronger doing life and business together. I'm not here to tell you what your dream life looks like, but my coaches and I are sure here to help you bring it to life. Are you ready? Check out emilyrushell.com slash retreats for more information shoot me a DM and I'll send you the link to sign up today. Spots are filling fast, but there is still one with your name on it. So I would be curious what kind of conversations you guys had maybe in your early marriage or when you first moved back and even now and what that balance. I use, <laughs> I use air quotes because I feel like balance is like a, is a myth. I've, I've started, I don't know if um, you saw Jenna Kutcher's post on this, but she talked about the blend is like finding, you know, some days one thing and some things another thing, but like you find the blend that works for you. Mm-hmm. I think using that phrase more than balance because balance means always equal and that's not necessarily. Right. There's literally two seasons for sure where there isn't, there's absolutely no way we could achieve balance. So it's just maybe something we should delete from our <laughs> like balance. And even for me, like, and you know, I also, I could work all the time. I, right. I love it. I'm good at it. And I enjoy what I'm doing. I always have in everything that I've ever done. So it's something that I have to work on personally too. Mm-hmm. So but. I think to answer your question, because I feel like I'm not, I'm not feeling like a hypocrite, but I feel like out of our families, Josh and I would probably be the ones that would just keep working all the time. Mm-hmm. Like me too. I feel like we just get into that routine of just like, okay, mm-hmm. we're just going to keep going, keep going, keep going. And um, I feel like some of the other members of our family have been more of the drivers to have these conversations about, no, this is not okay. Like we need to be able to take time. And that's been a blessing for everybody. So early on in our marriage, I would say we were both like, honestly, I didn't even, I barely spent enough time with him. I I actually really wanted to, I loved him, but I was gone working all the time and I traveled for work. So it was very, very uh, common for me to be gone like three nights a week in a Mm -hmm. hotel somewhere. Um, Anyway, so by when we had kids, then the whole perspective changed. And Mm -hmm. um, I would say it still took us some time to kind of accept that it's okay to take a break and to in in our off seasons to kind of have that conversation about set hours. So the four boys, I guess, they do have continual conversations. What time do we expect each other to be in to work? Um, What time do we expect to be done? Obviously, with that flexibility of if something happens, they got to stay late. But I will say over the years, Josh has gotten, my husband, Josh, sorry, his name is Josh, has gotten a lot better at communicating that with me. So I know, okay, I get a text at 530 or whatever. Hey, I'm late, blah, 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 whatever's happening. And I can be very understanding with that. And then during our busy seasons, it's just like, we kind of have this conversation. All right, it's time, all hands on deck. 
Like I, he's going to leave as early as he can. I don't know what time he'll get home. And we just kind of have that understanding. But I will say, and maybe this is kind of skipping ahead in the conversation, but the one thing we do during our busy seasons is take Sunday mornings to go to church. And that's something that even a lot of God-fearing farmers cannot do. It's just like they cannot take that time. And it is so important for everyone in our entire family and for everybody's families to have that guaranteed church time on Sundays. Yeah. For us, if at all possible, we're taking as much of Sunday as possible. Yeah. Because I think that my husband has become really aware that when they just go and they never stop, especially when they're trying to do round the clock kind of hours, is that they get to a point where they're fatigued and they're run down and they still have half of the acres left to go and they're barely running on fumes, which ultimately is dangerous Mm -hmm. a long run. And just, you know, like at what point are you pushing so hard that you're not as productive as you could be if you just took a few hours to rest? Yeah. So there are exceptions depending on, you know, weather, especially if like we're rained out for several days, then it's like, well, Sunday might be the day we pick back up. But Mm -hmm, for us, Sundays year round as much as possible are really sacred for us too. Yeah. And you were just talking about round the clock hours. I think that this conversation comes with a lot of understanding that every farm is different and everybody approaches every season differently too. And one thing that I would say, I've talked with other farm wives whose farmers are out in the field to like two in the morning and then they're back out at like five in the morning. And we don't do that. Like, I don't know how anybody does that, but we're more of a marathon (laughs) when it comes to our harvest season, not as much of a sprint. So I would say, yes, our harvest season may last longer, but the guys are home probably no later. Well, most days 11 ish at night, Yeah, you know? So I think, I mean, not saying that that gives us any excuse to take off less time on Monday or Sundays. But. Yeah, it's so powerful. And even from a physical health, from a mental health standpoint, I think that there are a, a lot of, what's the word I'm looking for? Ramifications? Is that the right word? Yeah, that's a good oh, word. Words are heard. Ramifications to that mentality of like just having to go, 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 you know, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is, you know, doesn't necessarily do anyone any favors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's especially hard coming off of a busy season and then getting back into a routine where you are seeing your family more, which is like you kind of mentioned before the summer times. So coming mm-hmm. off of planting and starting to get back into a routine of like, oh, we can be home for dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can. Yeah. That's a hard thing, I think, for a lot of guys or families, not just guys, families to. Yeah. And that's really important for us too, is um, with the exception of when they're in the field for planting and harvest is dinner around the table mm-hmm. outside of extenuating circumstances. You know, I and I think kids puts an even more, I don't want to say pressure, but, you know, changes that. Like it's really, Andrew wants to be fully present. He wants to be there for dinner and he wants to be there for bedtimes and, you know, be a part of that whole process. And so it can be e- even more jarring when he is gone, but we're just grateful that we've gotten to this point because it definitely didn't come naturally or easily. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's something that I wish I would have understood when we first came back is like what was possible for our family. Cause at the time it felt completely impossible. Like we were, that was not even an option on the table. Yeah. Those, like we kind of mentioned the generations before really impact. I do feel like for our family, my mother-in-law was a very good trailblazer for having family time, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's so worth noting because I know, like you said, so many people who are listening to this are going to be in very different situations. And so often we do have to look a generation or even two generations above of what what was the norm for them? Like what maybe was their childhood look like and what mm-hmm. precedent has been set? Because those are also really hard conversations. There's communication that has to happen within our house between my husband and I. But then there's also conversations that need to happen with my husband and his dad or his parents. And in your case, with like the family unit as a whole. And that's, you know, I know for some families can be a pressure point Mm -hmm. of advocating for why we want something different than what has been expected for the last 20, 50 years. Yeah. I think honestly, even coming from the dairy farm, it was a challenge for me to get into the understanding of why can't we just always do stuff together and like just work all the time? Because that's what we did on the dairy farm. We didn't like, we honestly my mom took us to church, but my dad was rarely there because he was doing Sunday morning chores. Mm-hmm. There probably could have been things changed to make him there with us. I'm sure that would be hard for him to hear. Um, but yeah, there could have been a crew that he hired to t- go on Sunday morning so he could come to church with us. Like, there's, mm-hmm. It's not an easy conversation to have at all when you're trying to make big changes like this. Mm-hmm. And to, like you said, like there may be things that could have been done that didn't seem possible at the time. But as agriculture is changing and as our businesses are changing, I think that it is worthwhile taking a look at what, I don't necessarily want to use the phrase, what's worth our time, but like, what do you need to do right now? What can we, Mm -hmm. what can you potentially outsource or what potentially do you even need to change or let go of? Right. Because Ultimately, just one thing I I have been repeating a lot recently is like, I don't have to do anything. If something isn't serving me or our family anymore, like there are things that are within our control to change. And they might be big changes that require totally reevaluating how we look at things or what we naturally gravitate towards. But But it's also okay to recognize that something that has been done for years or generations like might need to be done a different way to serve where we're at right now. Yeah, that's and that's a huge that's huge. But yeah, it can seem really daunting, I'm sure, to if you're sitting in a position where you feel like there needs to be a big change. But where do you even start? Mm hmm. Okay, so that's a great question. Where where do you even start? Let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, like I need to start having these conversations. Like we need to figure this out. Like I, I relate to this so deeply. Where do you even begin? Yeah. Because it, it is like a to- potentially a total lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. I think obviously, like I said before, it depends on your operation, but just starting to ask the right questions. Like what does your ideal life look like? Does working all the time, is that what really makes you happy? Like all the time, not taking any breaks. I don't know. I think starting off with questions like that, something else that I feel very like, I don't know, I think it's so helpful, but it's really hard to get people to accept is having a third party involved. Just Mm. a coach, uh, a business advisor, somebody who can guide the conversation that's not so into the operation emotionally, like we all are. Mm -hmm. I feel like that can be life-changing for a family farm, but it's getting everybody to accept that third-party help. Mm-hmm. And I think both in marriage and when, when interacting with family and just people in general, like the more that we are defensive or pointing fingers or trying to place blame somewhere, our conversation is not going to go as far. The more we are approaching any communication from a collaboration of like, 
I feel this, I see this as an opportunity, like, let's do this together. Because ultimately, if we're pointing fingers, if we're placing blame, if we're asking someone else to change and putting it all on them, like that puts their walls up, that puts them on the defense, that makes them feel vulnerable or afraid or attacked, which can lead to anger or frustration or more resentment. So, you know, just kind of communication one-on-one is approaching it from a collaborative approach and from, uh, I can't remember where I saw this, but like, us versus the problem versus the problem between us that we are we are pointing fingers at each other. I think, you know, in so many aspects of life, that can be a really valuable way to approach hard conversations. Right. I agree. Do you have any good like discovery questions in your mind that you would think to ask? Uh, <laughs> well, I think what you said is, and maybe this even just goes back to tone of voice, but asking kind of questions like, what do you imagine this looking like? What is your ideal day or your ideal life or where are your priorities? And, you know, not in a accusatory tone, but like, let's like we have an opportunity to create the life that we want. Like, let's dreamstorm what this looks like together. And then let's narrow down what do those priorities like? Well, if we say that family is equally as important as work, but, you know, we are always working and never familying, like what give and take can we work and know that everything is a process. Like this isn't like you have a one conversation and snap your fingers and Mm -hmm. life is totally different the next day. Like this is continuously committing to holding each other accountable and working through it. And especially in what we're doing, working through it as the seasons come Mm -hmm. because every, every month is going to be different. And it takes a few years to kind of find your new equilibrium and feel good about the balance that you have. Yeah. And I feel like it's going to be always evolving as your farm changes too throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on what other external factors get thrown your way. I don't know about you, but fall is one of the busiest times of year for our family. Between harvest and holidays, it becomes so easy to push aside the things that make me feel healthy and strong in favor of what's comfortable and convenient. But I know that investing in myself is one of the best ways that I can show up for my loved ones through it all, which is why I created a totally free habit challenge called You Do You 82. This challenge gives you the opportunity to build strong, attainable, and consistent habits over the course of 82 days to help you thrive instead of just survive. Don't worry. It's built on the mindset of progress over perfection, and our community is here to walk you through it all every step of the way. Tap the link in today's show notes to download your free Journey Through You Do You 82 workbook, habit trackers, and other resources to get started. I wholeheartedly believe that any day is the best day to invest in yourself, which is why anyone can start this challenge at any given time. I sure would love to walk through this journey with you. Let's go. So as we approach busy seasons, because that is what it's going to be, um, I know that you've been sharing a lot about like your harvest prep checklist and things like that. What advice do you offer farm families as they approach some of the craziest, chaotic, stressful, (laughs) also fun and beautiful, but um, as we approach this busy season, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's another common theme, but communication, communicating with each other, I just really try to stay in the loop with what's going on on the farm, how things are going, you know, before I bring the kids out, which I do try to bring them out a lot so that they can see their dad during the busy season. I usually give a call and just see how things are going before I do that, make sure we're not (laughs) walking in on a big issue. 
I think the other thing is I have a couple notes written down here because I've been kind of working through some of these thoughts as I try to help other farm wives thrive during harvest is just having continual conversations um, around expectations with everybody. So once we get started, it's kind of like sometimes it can be a slow start, but then we kind of work into, okay, we're in it now. And you know, we have our Sundays, but otherwise it's, we're all hands on deck. One thing I'll say that I really cherish during our busy seasons and not everybody will probably like this idea, but that's okay. It's what works for me. And maybe it'll inspire you to find something that works for you. I cherish our morning routine. So I wake up with my husband. Normally we have the coffee set for the night before, because that is the best thing to wake up to coffee smell in the early morning. Um, And then I make his lunch with him and I'll make a lunch for the kids and I too often at that same time so that it's all done for the day. Um, But it's our one time where the kids are still sleeping and we can, sometimes we don't talk. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes it's just being in the room with each other. And it's the only time we're guaranteed every day. And I really, really appreciate that time in the morning with him. Mm -hmm. A couple other tips I have is just making it a point to check in with your farmer. Make sure he knows that you care because it's really easy to get disconnected when you don't see him face to face or her, depending on if your wife's the one in the operation. I don't know. You know, I don't want to assume anybody's role. Yeah. But anyway, um, I also like to send pictures of our kids because I know how much he misses them. So just random pictures throughout the day of whatever crazy stuff they're doing. Um, and I do that a lot more in our busy season than I do in the off season, which I should get better at in the off season too, because he still doesn't see them during the day. And then a couple other things is just if you can get if you do have kids and you're always dragging them out to the field with you, it's very important to try and get some time without them with your husband Mm. or or your spouse in the field. Because when you got the kids, you're out there for the kids. You're not out there for you and him. So I like to try and either take the kids to daycare and then go out during the day and see him for a little bit or hire or talk to grandma, have grandma take them, which is great. We have a great mother-in-law who's very involved in my kids' lives or I think it'd be a great idea. This I haven't hired a babysitter yet during harvest, but I think just biting the bullet and doing a date night in the cab just so you can have some alone time. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. We're just now starting the a babysitter that's not grandma thing. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is, this is actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. I feel less guilt because they're like going to be there for a set time and get paid money. Whereas grandma, I'm like, okay, I'll only be there for an hour and then I better run back and get them because I feel mm-hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) yeah. And I know for me, what has been really helpful over the years is like releasing the expectation of when I think they should get home or what it's going to look like or whatnot. And like the kids that I just go, Mm -hmm. whether it's going out to the field or I I have some other friends who are farm wives in our area. And we just know when it's harvest, we're like taking the kids to the pumpkin patch Mm -hmm. or we're like going to someone's house all day and just sitting and like kind of co-momming together. Um, I think the hardest days for me have been when I'm just like at home waiting and yeah. thinking about it or things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, of course, I on the days we do go on adventures, I'm like, oh, man, it'd be so fun. You know, we're at the pumpkin patch. I wish dad was here. But I'm also like, but, you know, we're doing something awesome and he's doing what he needs to do. And it's great for the kids. It's great for me. So that's you know, kind of the best advice I can offer is like, don't, don't wait around. Right. Like you can go and, and make your fun. And there, if you're not already connected to other farm wives or people in similar situations in your area, like they're, they're walking the same, same line as you are. So even yeah. connecting a few times throughout the season can be really good for everyone. 
Yeah, I think if you feel like overwhelmed or, well, if you were in an area where you haven't met anybody your age with kids around your age, look at your church. I mean, they might not be in farm families, but I have um, my church has a group for moms, stay-at-home moms that meets every Thursday uh, or every other Thursday. And then there's another group I'm part of that's more of like a homeschool group. My kids aren't being schooled yet, but they take hikes with Mm -hmm. kids during the week. So that's something that's been fun. And I guess, I mean, Facebook groups, like local Facebook, I'm not a huge Facebooker, but I feel like when you're trying to find somebody local, that's a good place to go for like local news and stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. Like just don't get holed up at home. Although I do kind of appreciate harvest evenings when I can like watch um, Hallmark movies and drink coffee or not coffee, but like tea and stuff and not have to think about entertainment or whatever, you know, like I like my alone time. <laughs> it, I have come to appreciate it more. And I do think for me, it's come easier as my kids have gotten a little bit older. Like when I had like a newborn and a oh, two-year-old. Yeah. Now your your kids are One young. and four. So yeah. I mean, and bedtime I like really is hard, but. Bedtime is the hardest, but yeah. I think as the older my kids get, the easier that kind of stuff becomes just because they understand mm-hmm. more. I think it was the hardest for them where they weren't quite babies, where they were kind of oblivious, but they couldn't quite, even though they knew Andrew was farming, they couldn't quite understand what that meant. So when it was bedtime, they just like wanted him to be home. Yeah. I feel like it's a double-edged sword because as they get older and more aware, they also have bigger emotions towards them being gone. Mm-hmm. And I think every harvest and well, planting too, every busy season has gotten a little more difficult with the emotions Yeah, as they understand. But it is definitely a game changer <laughs> from one to two. So. Yeah. It is. And that's where, you know, we're going to meet him out in the field and I'm crossing my fingers. They fall asleep on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that, I know a lot of kids don't transfer well from car to bed, but mine usually do. Oh so man, that's actually very lucky. <laughs> that's like, sometimes that's, oh, they they don't go to bed easily in any other way. That's like okay. the only, that's the only trick I got. Or sometimes we'll, uh, I'm putting this in air quotes also, like go to see daddy or see what they're up to. And I'll just drive the long way because <laughs> I'm like, if we're in the car and I'm listening to music and they're like not thinking about how mm-hmm. it's bedtime and dad's at home and then they fall asleep. Like, Do you put them in jammies then before you go? Oh, oh yeah. We like go on a little adventure and especially when it's like everyone's in the field, then it's fun because it's like there's combines left and right yes. out at, you know, after dark. So Sometimes we'll just go on a drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, I mean, honestly, I think that's another thing is just kind of letting go, like you said, letting go of your expectations for your farmer, but also just for what you're going to get done. I feel like some days I'm on cloud nine, the laundry is done, the kitchen is clean, and other days it looks like a bomb went off in our house and it's just Mm -hmm. how it is. So that another thing as well is if you do, if you are on social media or if you're friends with other farm wives and their houses are cleaner than yours or whatever, I feel like we all just have to let go of that comparison with other people because our everybody's situation is different. Every day goes differently for everybody. It's just very toxic to trying to compare yourself to what others are doing. Yeah. Frozen chicken nuggets count as dinner. Oh, yeah. I mean. I like... stock up on mac and cheese before harvest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think one thing that has also been a game changer for me is really leaning into prioritizing like what my health and my routine looks like. Because I think it's especially 
it's just easy to fall into, oh, like you said in the beginning, oh, we're surviving. Like I'm just doing what I need to do to survive. And then we're doing this and doing this and doing this. We put ourselves last and all of a sudden it's harvest is over and we are completely depleted. Mm -hmm. So I have to remind myself that taking care of my physical, mental, emotional health, building habits that make me feel good are ultimately going to help me thrive through the season a lot more than just defaulting to survival mode. Yes, I agree. That's huge. Easier said than done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we both journal. So I mean, that's one thing I'm trying to do more of is just take that time every day to sit down and it just kind of grounds you for the day to come. Journal and movement. There's been times I put the the kids in the one in the combine and one in the you know tractor driving the green cart. I'm like, I'm gonna go take a 20 minute walk. (laughs) I just walk up and down the field. Oh, that's awesome. It's just they're fine. Not that you know they're not thriving, but they're fine. (laughs) And I can get like a few minutes where I'm like amping myself for the evening. I can like put on a podcast or just listen to nothing. Know that they're taken care of and get like a few minutes of movement and alone time. It's good for everyone. I'm going to use that this fall. That's a great suggestion. Yeah. Cause they're already, they're being occupied. And like you said, when you go out to the field with the kids, you're not getting super high quality time together. No, it's for the kids. It is. And it's fun. And like memories we'll always look back on, but mm-hmm. well, what any other pieces of you know, advice you would give to a new farm wife or someone, you know, approaching this, this season? I feel like people are just going to get annoyed because it's really the all comes down to communication with anything. And I just feel like, especially, I don't, I guess it would be the same if you're working, but man, I've been so far removed from a career now that I feel like I don't even know what it would be like anymore. Um, but I had written down, like, because we're both entrepreneurs and have two small kids, like my husband and I are constantly in communication with what we want to get done. And at the beginning of every weekend, we talk to each other and say, what do you want to get done this weekend? So that we can help each other achieve those things to get done. And that can follow you through every week, every day, every season to help you really work as a team and thrive, I guess. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the word. That's the same word for fall. <laughs> Thriving. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just feel like being open to conversation. And I don't know, there's a lot of jokes out there about with men not being able to read your mind. Well, that's true. They they really cannot read your mind. And even if you tell them something, you might have to tell them multiple times. And just remember that both of you have so much on your plates and there's a lot on his plate. There's anxiety running through his veins as he's hoping to get the crop that will feed his family and grow the farm for the next year. So if you can approach the season with the greatest understanding that you can possibly think of, and if you can't get the understanding, ask God for the understanding ask God to give you the understanding and the grace because life will just be so much better if you can both kind of come to terms with we are a team we're we're working toward the same goal and we can do it together. Mm. I think that's huge. Like you said, even advocating for what your needs are. Yeah. Because you have to understand where he's at and he needs to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Cuz the more you keep that bottled up separately and assume what the other person what their motives are, like the more that just is going to cause tension, especially in a stressful season. Yep. Love that. Well, if, uh, if someone wants to follow along with you during harvest, I know like harvest is when you like thrive (laughs) content creation wise. I do. It's like, (laughs) like when your best work comes out, like iconic MP is (laughs) harvest season. So if someone wants to follow you along for that, where can they find you online? So it's marypat.sass everywhere. I'm the most active on 
Instagram and TikTok, but I'm also putting my most valued work into my email list. So you can go to my Instagram link in bio, whatever, and there's a link to sign up there. But I send out weekly emails and I'm really putting a lot of effort toward helping other women thrive during this season. So I would say if, if you are in that position to head there and hopefully I can bring you some good value. I absolutely know you can bring lots of good value. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think so often, especially in a situation like this, just seeing how someone else does it. It's like a light bulb moment. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be complicated. But Mm -hmm. when you're in the thick of it and you see something that sparks an idea, it can be everything. So you sharing that is game changing for someone else. So I appreciate that. Yep. And even just, okay, she does it this way, but I can adapt it this way to work for us. I feel like coming into anything that you're consuming, not from a lens of there's no way that I can do that, but how can I adapt this to fit? and to really build the life that I want. Yeah, I love that. All right, before we go, what does personal growth mean to you? I don't know. I feel like it's a hard question, but I think if you can set goals for yourself and whatever that be, personal, business, whatever, and continually look back to see how far you've come with reaching those goals, even if it is like we've talked about through this whole conversation, prioritizing family. and constantly making that something that you're thinking about and growing towards it. I don't know. I feel like that's personal growth in a nutshell for me is working every day to build the life that you want to be living. Ooh, see, that was gold. Okay. Like, <laughs> that was a, I don't know. That's like a very broad question. It's hard to answer because I feel like you broad. can, when you think about it, I don't know, this is where my, my mind goes, but when you say personal growth, I'm like, well, when I do these things, like when I journal, when I do affirmations, when I do devotions, I feel like I'm reaching my next level of personal growth. But there's some days I miss it. And because I'm not like constantly always, if I'm not always doing it, I feel like I'm failing. But I've gone through in the four years almost since I quit my job, I've gone through many hills and valleys on my journey. Months where I felt like I haven't gotten a dang thing done because whatever, my mind was not in the right place. Kids were definitely taking priority. Uh, just things that happen in life. But I feel like no matter where you're at, if you're on a hill or on a valley, just know like you can you can work your way back to that where you're feeling better. And you'll probably just have to prepare yourself for another valley at some point because we all go through it. And sometimes those times are when we grow the most, just not in the ways we expected. That's true. Very true. That's one thing I've really learned over the past year is all of the times that I just felt like, oh, this is so messy. This is ugly. I'm not doing X, Y, Z. I'm not living up to this. It's like looking back, those are the times that I grew leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. It just had to be, it had to be ugly in the process. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's okay. It's just as important as the gold star times. Yes, absolutely. Because that's, that's how we evolve. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here today. I hope that this conversation really blesses a farm family. I think the more that we can talk about these kinds of things, the the more that we can all work through seasons like this. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate this conversation a lot. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, 
please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.